0: Listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, you can do so over on Facebook at the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and there you'll be able to share your thoughts and insights with others who are listening, and reading, and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seed of the gospel in their heart and in their land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sore Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate, teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady, teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sore Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 225. We are reading from Volume 3, Book 6, Chapter 5, Paragraphs 375 to 380. 375 Judas was attracted to the school of Christ our teacher by his forceful doctrines, and was filled with the same good intentions which moved the others. Powerfully drawn by these motives, he asked the Savior to admit him among his disciples, and the Savior received him with the bowels of a loving father, who rejects none that come to him in search of truth. In the beginning, Judas merited special favors and forged ahead of some of the other disciples, deserving to be numbered among the twelve apostles. For the Savior loved his soul according to its present state of grace and his good works, just as he did the others. The mother of grace and mercy observed the same course with him, although by her infused knowledge she immediately became aware of the perfidious treachery with which he was to end his apostolate. She did not, on this account, deny him her intercession or maternal love, but she applied herself even more zealously to justify as far as possible the cause of her divine Son against this perfidious and unfortunate man in order that his wickedness, as soon as it should be put into action, might not have a shadow of an excuse before man. Well, knowing that such a character as his could not be overcome by rigor, but would only be driven by it, so much the greater obstinacy. The most prudent lady took care, and none of the wants or the comforts of Judas should be ignored. And she began to treat him, speak, and listen to him more gently and lovingly than to all the rest. This she carried so far that Judas, when the disciples once disputed among themselves concerning their standing with the Queen, as according to the evangelist Luke twenty-two twenty-four, it happened also concerning the Redeemer. Never experienced the least jealousy or doubt in this manner, for the Blessed Lady in the beginning always distinguished him by tokens of special love, and he at that time also showed himself thankful for these favors. 3.76 But as Judas found little support in his natural disposition, and as the disciples, not being as yet confirmed in virtue, and not as yet even in grace, were guilty of some human failings, the imprudent man began to compliment himself on his perfection, and to take more notice of the faults of his brethren than of his own. Luke 6.41 He permitted himself thus to be deceived, making no effort to amend or repent. He allowed the beam in his own eyes to grow while watching the splinters in the eyes of others, complaining of their little faults and seeking with more presumption than zeal to correct the weakness of his brethren. He committed greater sins himself. Among the other apostles, he singled out St. John, looking upon him as an intermeddler and accusing him in his heart of ingratiating himself with the master and his blessed mother. The fact that he received so many special favors from them was of no avail to deter him from this false assumption. Yet, so far, Judas had committed only venial sins and had not lost sanctifying grace. But they argued a very bad disposition in which he wilfully preserved. He freely entertained a certain vain complacency in himself. This, at once, called into existence a certain amount of envy, which brought on a calumnous spirit and harshness In judging of the faults of his brethren, these sins opened the way for greater sins, for immediately the fervor of his devotion decreased, his charity toward God and man grew cold, and his interior light was lost and extinguished. He began to look upon the apostles and upon the Most Holy Mother with a certain disgust, and find little pleasure in the intercourse and their heavenly activity. 377. The most prudent lady perceived the growth of this defection in Judas, eagerly seeking his recovery and salvation before he should cast himself entirely into the death of sin. She spoke to him and exhorted him as her beloved child and with extreme sweetness and force of reasoning. Although at times this storm of tormenting thoughts, which had begun to rise in the breast of Judas, was allayed, yet it was only for a short time and soon it arose and disturbed him anew. Giving entrance to the devil into his heart, he permitted a furious rage against the most meek dove to take possession of him with insidious hypocrisy. He sought to deny his sins or palliate them by alleging other reasons for his conduct. As if he could ever deceive Jesus and Mary and hide from them the secrets of his heart, thereby he lost his interior reverence for the Mother of Mercy despising her exhortations, and openly reproaching her for her gentle words and reasonings. This ungrateful presumption threw him from the state of grace. The Lord was highly incensed, and deservedly left him to his own evil counsels. By thus designedly rejecting the kindness and the intercession of Most Holy Mary, he closed against himself the gates of mercy and of his only salvation. His disgust with the sweetest mother soon engendered in him an abhorrence of his master, he grew dissatisfied with its doctrines and began to look upon the life of an apostle and intercourse with the disciples as too burdensome. Nevertheless, divine providence did not abandon him immediately, but continued to send him interior assistance, although in comparison with former helps they were of a kind more common and ordinary. They were, however, in themselves sufficient for his salvation, if he would have made use of them. To these graces were added the gentle exhortations of the kindest mistress, urging him to restrain himself and to humble himself and ask pardon for his divine master. She offered him mercy in his name and her own kind assistance in obtaining it, promising to do penance for him, if he would consent to be sorry for his sins and amend his life. All these advances did the Mother of Grace make in order to prevent the fall of Judas. She was well aware that not seeking to arise from a fall and to persevere in sin— was a much greater evil than to have fallen. The conscience of this proud disciple could not but reproach him with his wickedness, but becoming hardened in his heart, he began to dread the humiliation which would have been to his credit, and he fell into still greater sins. In his pride, he rejected the salutary counsels of the mother of Christ, and chose rather to deny his guilt, protesting with a lying tongue that he loved his master and all the rest, and that there was no occasion for amending his conduct in this regard." 379. It was indeed an admirable example of patience and charity which Christ, our Savior, and his most blessed mother gave us in their conduct, toward Judas, after his fall into sin. For as long as he remained in their company, they never showed exteriorly any change or irritation in their behavior toward him, nor did they cease to treat him with the same kindness and gentleness as all the rest. This was the reason why the wickedness of Judas, who necessarily showed signs of his evil state in his daily conversations and intercourse, remained so long concealed to the apostles. For it is not easy, and perhaps not possible, continually to cover up or hide the tendencies of one's mind. In matters not depending upon deliberation, we always act according to our character and our our habits, and thus we disclose them at least to the watchful eyes of those with whom we have much intercourse. But as all of the disciples witnessed the constant affability and love of Christ, our Redeemer, and His most blessed mother toward Judas, they suppressed their suspicions and ignored the exterior proofs of His wickedness. Hence all of them were much disturbed and agitated when, at the Last Supper, the Lord told them that one of them was to betray Him, Matthew 24, and each one searched his soul whether the accusation could refer to his own self. St. John, on account of his greater intimacy, had some suspicion of the wicked doings of Judas, and he was made more restless by his love. Therefore, Jesus pointed out the traitor, but only by a sign as is related in the gospel. John 13:26. Before that time, the Lord had not given the least intimation of what was passing in the heart of Judas. This forbearance was yet more wonderful in the Most Blessed Mary, who, though the mother of Christ and a mere creature, saw his perfidious betrayal close at hand and about to cause the death of her own son, whom she loved so tenderly as a mother and as a handmaid. 3.80 O ignorance and folly of men, how differently do we behave if we are slightly affronted, though we deserve it so much! How unwillingly do we bear with the weakness of others, though expecting all men to bear with ours! How grudgingly we pardon an offense! though daily and hourly asking the Lord to pardon us our own. Matthew 6.12 How prompt and cruel are we in making known the faults of our brethren, yet how resentful and angry at any word of criticism against us. None do we measure with the same measure with which we desire to be measured, and we do not wish to be judged by the same standard as we judge others. Matthew seven one two. And this is perversity and darkness, a breath from the mouth of the hellish dragon who wishes to stem the flow of the most precious virtue of charity and disconcert, the order of human and divine reasonableness. For God is charity, and he who exercises it perfectly is in God, and God is in him. Lucifer is wrath and vengeance, and all those that yield to these vices follow the devil who is leading them on to all the vices opposed to the good of the neighbor." Though the beauty of this virtue of charity has always filled my heart with the desire of possessing, it fully, nevertheless, I see, as in a clear mirror, that I have arrived not even at the beginning of this most noble virtue, as exhibited in these wonders, of divine charity toward the most ungrateful disciple, Judas. This concludes our reading today for day number 225. We've been reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 5, paragraphs 375 to three eighty Today in our reading, we hear about Judas and his relationship, especially to the Blessed Mother and to the Lord himself and to the other apostles. And one of the things that we should walk away with is Mary did not stop loving and praying for Judas. She had an awareness of who Judas was, what he was going to do, but she didn't stop praying for him. It was him that turned away from her. It's him that turned away from God. If you want to be close to Jesus, if you never want to stray, be close to his mother. She will keep you close to him. Judas renounced Mary in a sense. Judas grew distant from Mother Mary, from the counsels that she was going to give him. And so he chooses to go astray. But stay close to Mary and you'll be near to Jesus. Be distant to the Blessed Mother and you're probably going to go astray. And what powerful lines we heard at the end of our reading today. Let's listen to them again. How differently we behave if we are slightly affronted, though we deserve it so much. How unwillingly do we bear with the weakness of others, though expecting all people to bear with ours. How grudgingly we pardon an offense, though daily and hourly asking the Lord to pardon us our own. How prompt and cruel are we in making known the faults of our brethren, yet how resentful and angry at any word of criticism against us. I think that's a powerful line. We readily make known the faults of others, but get so upset when our faults are talked about by others. It's an invitation to conversion in our life. For us to not make known the faults of others. For us to pardon others as we are pardoned. Mary wants us as her children to live lives pleasing to God, to be holy, to love our neighbor as ourself, as her son Jesus taught. Let's try to do that. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading from the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.